Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we have a special guest, Heather Stafford. Heather is a serial entrepreneur, influencer, and technology innovative strategist. She's an international coach, a consultant, and a speaker. She's the creator of Launch, Scale, and Lead, a growth IQ mastermind, and she's the founder and CEO and creative director of Creative Tech Consulting. She also runs an agency called A Digital Experience, a virtual creative lab and leverage to scale. And so this is a really exciting time because this is also the person that has been behind the scenes in my business and in my life, uh, helping me grow um, this online company, this self-love and empowerment thing that you guys have been a part of. And so Heather, welcome. (laughs) Thanks, Kelsey. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to interview you. You guys, Heather has been, um, I've, I've been working with Heather for over a year and a half now. And so she has been like that person in my corner that has really infused a lot of um, the philosophies of how I run my business and how to really maintain heart-centered while also addressing like the actual things in a business that helps a business grow. And so she has really created this beautiful blend of things. And so I'm just so excited to have her on today. Um, and so Heather, I'd love to hear and like more about your story of how did you get into, how did you become a serial entrepreneur? Like all of these different things that are incredible that I've seen firsthand of what it's done for me in my life and my business. How, how did that get started? <laughs> That's always such a fun story. Honestly, um, I started off in the world of um, entrepreneurism um, by accident um, I was in college and I had already attempted a business um, when I was much, much younger and had failed and fallen flat on my face and decided that wasn't where I was going. So I went back to school, of course. And I was working on one of my um, one of my graduation projects and it was about sending out proposals, like cold cold lead proposals in the design space. Um, I have a master's in graphic design and with a specialty in UX and UI. Um, and instead of sending them to my peers for feedback, we, my, my best friend, my partner and I had gotten this idea. I was like, why don't we send them to companies? We'll get better feedback if we send them to people who would actually get them. And we did. And out of nowhere, kind of like one of those, like, let me thump you on the top of the head. You're supposed to be running a business we got acceptance letters. We got feedback on some languaging and a few things that we needed, but we got acceptance letters and we were like, wait, um, this was an exercise. (laughs) Shit. We have, we've worked to do. (laughs) And it was a jaw dropper. And that is how, um, that's how the, the first version of my company started. And it has, you know, it's evolved a number of times since then. Um, I went from being in the boutique branding and design space to um, technology and software development. I went back to school again because I was honestly bored. Hmm. There was something about um, design and and just the general aesthetic, like how people thought. I was like, okay, there's got to be more to this. I felt like there was a really big piece missing. Um, so I went back to get my postgrad and ended up in the world of artificial intelligence. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so lo and behold, like, you know, fast forward 10 years and here we are. I've been out of college for, you no know, 12 years. Don't, 
don't date me. (laughs) 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 But, um, and I think a little bit of everything that I've done has kind of put me, you know, on the trajectory and the path that has landed me where I am now. That's amazing. I love that it was this accidental thing that it's like doing an exercise and then people are like, yep, sounds good. Accept it. I want that. (laughs) Right. And we, I mean, we sent proposals to big companies. We sent proposals to like the, the, the Coca-Cola size companies because we wanted feedback. And I also knew that they had the, they had the manpower and the staffing that they answer stuff like that. And, and so, that's, that's I, pretty cool because I think some people would assume because they're so big, they wouldn't respond, but it, 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 because the they're so big, they so have a good true. admin. <laughs> it is so very true. The opposite is so very true. It's like, oh, hey, guess what? Like these all get sent to, there's one person who has a job for this. And you, you, you don't realize just how quickly something can go from, from nothing to something. Yeah. And that's something like, I mean, I, I wrote, I wrote a couple, I have a couple of keynotes about it, but like going from literally what feels like nothing to what feels like more than something overnight is a whirlwind for sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of the dream that people always talk about is they see, you know, wanting something that is overnight, you know, wanting that thing that feels like, okay, I've arrived or, okay, this is it. Something that has been on all of your emails that stood out to me right away was your signature. You put on your signature with grit and gratitude, Heather Stafford. And I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, ooh, that is so good. I want to use that because it, it, it brings this like, it, it almost resembles the polarity of, you know, the go and the flow, the grit and the gratitude. Some people like the masculine and the feminine energy. Where did that come from? Where did that start? I remember you sharing <laughs> like that signature alone has like landed you keynote speaking gigs or this new conversation that's led to other innovative things. Like where did that come from? That email signature has landed me some very interesting things from keynote speaking to um, speaking inside of people's masterminds to so many things. I honestly, I have lost count. And strangely enough, it came along it was a while down the road. I had been an entrepreneur for a while and um, I had been working on one of the things that my coach had told me was um, the reason why you're stuck is because you're not growing. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like this company is growing faster than I can. I can't deal with this. And she's like, no, you're not growing. And I was like, whoa, Ooh. heard. And she was like, I want you to think about that. Figure out what it is that you as a person need. What do you need? Because your company can grow all you want, but if you haven't grown outside of what you do, you will get nowhere. And I, that that was a, it was a huge, like, aha moment, like a big bell dinger, one of those like, oh, okay, stop, focus. And Mm. it definitely caused me to pause, caused me to pause and it caused me to think. And I was like, okay, if I'm not growing, where could I be growing? Mm. And um, my, my dad passed away in 2012 and it was something that I had a really hard time with. I'm a daddy's girl through and through coveralls, hanging out in the garage. Like I'm just daddy's little girl. And it was really hard for me to wrap my head around why, why him? Why then? Why me? Mm-hmm. And just like anybody else who doesn't know how to deal with something, I avoided it obviously <laughs> best, <laughs> best and easy way to do that. I'm, I'm avoiding this. And I 
the universe always gives you exactly what you need right when you need it because not 24 hours after my coach had pointed like pointed at me and said like no this is this is nothing to do with your company and everything to do with you I happened upon a woman that sincerely changed my life I was invited to what was called gratitude dinner and um, by a really good friend of mine that had tattooed me for years and um, you know I, she's like come to this with me and she's like going to a gratitude dinner at my friend Siobhan's house and I was like what is a gratitude dinner yeah like, sounds is intriguing. This, are we are we eating or are we talking like <laughs> I, I need to know what I need to be ready for and I was really uncomfortable and I mean, I, the, the woman that you've always known, like it is a very rare occasion these days that I get that kind of uncomfortable, but boy, oh boy, if you could have seen me then, I was <laughs> like, I, you need to tell me what I am, what I am to expect. <laughs> like, I need you to chill out. I was like, no, I need to know what to expect. And she's like, this is, this is what's in the gap, Heather. This is what's in the way. Like, mm. just go with it. And back then the going with the flow, not something I was good at. (laughs) I wanted definitive answers. So I show up at this woman's house and I listened to her tell her story. And she had lost somebody so incredibly important. She lost her fiance in a car accident. And there was something severely incongruent about the whole thing because I'm watching and listening to this woman's story and my heart is just like tearing apart. And what I felt from her was a polarity opposite. I've never felt so much gratitude and grief. And that's something I I couldn't even, not only could I not wrap my head around, but I, I didn't know how to explain. I was like, wait a minute, that's, that, that, that's not how this goes. Like you're supposed to be just sad when you grieve. And she was like, oh no, honey. She's like, grief is, grief is the, it's the beginning of life. And I looked at her and I was just thoroughly confused. I was like, I want to know what meds, what, what meds are your, did your therapist give you? Because I think I need them. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I was like, yep, whatever it is you're taking, I want it. And she laughed at me and she said, let's have lunch next week. And I was like, okay. And I met with her and she was the one who introduced me to um, a specific, like I had done quite a few different personal development courses and I had gone through landmark and I had done some other things. And she was like, I went through this, I went through this leadership course and it changed my perspective. And I was like, I don't think a course can change your perspective. I think your perspective is your perspective, but okay, I'm open. I'll hear you. (laughs) Cause I was so sure that I was right. And, um, after some, a, a very long and endearing enrollment, she got me to take the course. And that course very much so changed my perspective on how I did business, on how I handled my feelings, on where I showed up and how I could, it's, it's the marriage between go and flow, grit and gratitude. And in the middle of that course, one of my um, mentors said something to me. I said, well, I said, it's, he asked me a question. I don't really remember what it was around. But my answer was like, well, it's easy. All you need is grit and gratitude. And he was like, really? You think that's all you need? I said, I can guarantee it. I said, I put money on it. He was like, this is the first time I've ever seen you be so definitive in your life. He's like, run with it. I was wow. like, okay. And that was it. That was like the end of it. Um, it 
I, I did not name a company after it for a number of reasons. Um, getting a hold of the URL was impossible. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> it was one of the first things I tried to do. Um, and, uh, but I, I decided that it didn't need to be what I was known for instead who I was known as. Mm, that's such a powerful distinction. Yeah. So that's where it came wow. from. And grit and gratitude has been, I mean, it's been, it's kind of been my thing since then. It's been my statement. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And to hear that it was the gratitude and grit was woven because of experiences of grief. She was the woman who helped me deal with the fact that even though my dad had died, that like he was never going to be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful to hear kind of the backstory of that. And, you know, I can't help but think too, I mean, because, you know, I'm sometimes like on the woo-woo side with things, um, (laughs) is the energy of your dad and that love and bonded connection that you've had with him and will always have with him. I just can't help but think how that is somehow woven throughout everything that you're creating because the grit and gratitude was created through that deep loss you know, that allowed you to appreciate the gratitude. So it's like that energy has to be woven in through everything that you do. It is. He's everywhere. It is hilarious how many times he has shown up in my business, in my life, um, in, um, in everything, in how I teach and how I coach in the directions, the, the very odd, sometimes very like, I've had, I've had people comment on the fact that some of the choices that I've made, some of the, the directions I choose to go, especially in consulting with, um, companies growth have been almost outlandish. Hmm. They're like, what made you think that that was going to work? And it's like, Oh no, I didn't think I knew it was just, it was, it was, I knew. And I knew because of him. He's like, you, he's like, he's like, you know, the math makes sense. Just do it. When the math, everything, business is a lot of things. It is about heart. It's about soul. It's about hustle. It's about grit and gratitude, but business as it's ran is one thing and one thing only it's good math. Yeah. I remember when you started breaking some of that down for me, I was like, I don't understand. I am on a soul (laughs) mission. What do you mean math and numbers and data and and I remember I was so confused when we first started creating glow we were like hey well we got to get your data we got it we got to find out the data in order to do I'm like I don't it, it, there was such a huge gap for me because I think mm-hmm. it was also to that whole thing of not understanding it or not knowing how it can be supportive so I just avoided it because I'm like oh mm-hmm. it's not it was almost like that thing from childhood where it's like math's not my thing next <laughs> yep and it's so often what ends up happening too. It's it's quite interesting. Is like I mean I've been I've been hell bent on a mission to show entrepreneurs that your mission matters, your vision matters. Like what you stand for is what makes you you. And you need to build a business in the right fucking order. Yeah. Like do your ducks right because the only person that hurts is you. You get stuck because of that. And it's the thing like mm-hmm. very, a lot of your woo-woo, woo-woo-er 
like tendencies will be like, oh, like the universe will provide. Yes, the universe will provide if you do your homework. Yeah. It's like you got to show up. If you don't do your homework, then the universe is going to tell you the same thing I'm going to tell you. You're shit out of luck. (laughs) (laughs) Universe loves you to death and you're still shit out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of like misconceptions around that of like, I'm just going with the flow. I'm going to feel it out. I'm going to see what shows up. And it's like trying to only be in this receptive mode without taking that action that allows the receptivity. You know, it's almost like Mm -hmm. planning a party, but not having any invitations, but expecting people to come. It's like, there needs to be. Exactly. uh, That is such a good analogy. Thanks. Yeah, I love it that. so much. Please use it. Like and so then the to. whole like marketing process, I, I call it like, <laughs> okay, guys, we're prepping the party. And that's how I like, you know, when I'm journaling for myself, I'm like, okay, I'm prepping the party. And I just have created this very elaborate uh, analogy, but it just works so well for me of like, okay, I need to make sure that the invitations, you know, is custom and has their name and it's beautiful. But when they arrive to the party, I want them to also feel like there's just as much like love and magic put into the invitation as there was at the party itself. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's that, the difference. That yeah. is what is in the middle. Like you can create, you can have a beautiful concept and a beautiful invitation is the party is good. Or does somebody get your invitation, go to the party and say, well, you know, our invitations were great, but I thought the party would be more. Yeah. Oh, talk about heartbreak if that were to happen. And that was always a fear for me, you know, and I know that we worked through that a lot in the beginning where I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if this is going to cause enough of a transformation. And I remember (laughs) you kind of laughing to me being like, if anything, you're giving, you're you're giving them too much. You need to spread it out. Like, yeah. Fire hose. I'm like, I just have, I just have all these ideas and I want to give it to them all right now. And I want them to have this transformation in one week. It's like, okay, chill the fuck out. (laughs) I need you to take that week and spread it out over six months. You're like, what? And I'm like, six months. People don't want, people, people want it, but they can't breathe through all of it all at once. I remember, yeah, I remember uh, having like my own commitment issues with doing the six month mastermind. Cause I was like, what if I don't want to do this for six months, which clear, like I had to work through because it's, you know, you can't attract someone into a program that you yourself are not wanting to, to, to be a part of. And so it's, it's been like this beautiful journey of um, addressing my own things of like, wow, interesting that this is coming up. Cause I think a lot of times we don't realize the fears or the blocks that are coming up until we have taking those steps forward to then be there at that gap, you know, mm-hmm. which, yeah. Okay. I want you to share um, about, you know, for the person that has like a million and five ideas and they want to do all of them, you gave the most <laughs> incredible analogy and I, and I've reshared it and I've also quoted you each time I have reshared it, but oh. it, 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 I can't share it as well as you do. Cause that's a big, that's a big thing. Are we Somebody, talking about cookies? We're talking about cookies. We're talking we about, talking about we're talking about multi-passionate Melissa that wants to do everything all right now. Oh, I love it. So I give a keynote on this entire topic. Um, It's actually three hours long and we're going to boil three hours down into three minutes (laughs) because you got to start with one cookie. Like I have built, sold, leveraged, redesigned, completely destroyed, had fail, had succeed, what, 13 companies to date? That's why they call me a serial entrepreneur because I get bored and I have all these things and I want this one and I want that one and they're all so exciting, but I want them all right now. And 
the truth is, is that you have to start with one cookie. So imagine all of your ideas as a box of Oreos. Okay, you have this box of Oreos and all the Oreos represent an idea. I'm going to hold on to this box and I'm going to give you one cookie at a time. And I will promise you this, all your other cookies are going to be right there waiting for you. They won't go anywhere. They're not going to, it, it, they won't fail. But if you don't give each one of those ideas, the reverence and the breath and the passion and the commitment that it deserves, how do you expect that cookie to take off? You get one cookie at a time mm-hmm. and, and you need to, you need to accomplish that cookie and then grab the next cookie, but you can't pick up a whole handful of cookies and shove them all in your mouth and expect to taste each cookie. <laughs> because if you shoved 27 flavors into your mouth, do you think that any one of those flavors would be representative, would be, would be big enough? Do you think one's going to overpower the other? Yep. One is going to overpower the other and you're going to have one of your most connected and favorite heart centered ideas get stomped on or delivered with less than excellence because you're trying to eat all the cookies at once. You get one cookie at a time and that whole box of cookies will always be waiting for you. Yeah. I think that's one of the fears that people have is I don't want to miss out. That used to be the issue I before before really adopting that whole analogy, which now I feel so embodied in of like giving, like honoring each idea and trusting the process enough to follow it from beginning to end, you know? But if I reflect back and things, especially things I hear from clients is, well, I don't want to make the wrong decision. And what if I'm missing out on something more fun? And that just fucking sabotages everything. Oh, I mean, that, that leads back to one of the, the world's oldest sayings. And this is a relationship one. This is a life one. Have you ever heard somebody say the grass is always greener? Mm-hmm. The grass is greener where you water it. <laughs> grass is not always greener on the other side. You're not missing out on anything. You will only miss out on something if you choose to not go all in. If you take that cookie and you don't go all in with it because you're focusing on, you know, cookie B and C and D too, if you don't give cookie A, you're all in, that's where you're missing out. There isn't something more fun out there. There isn't something more, and there's no way to make the wrong choice. There's ab is absolutely impossible, like physically impossible to make the wrong choice. Because it's your idea. They're your dreams. Acting, not the only wrong choice you could ever make is not acting on them. Like Sitting that. in stillness, freezing, deer in the headlights, that's the only wrong choice you can make. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's that, I think that's a big thing that I've learned from working with you is be embodying the decisiveness and the decisive energy. Cause that was something that I think a lot of people that are multi-passionate and have all these ideas that are very entrepreneurial minded. It's that mm-hmm. the decision-making and, and trust it's, it's the self-trust, you know, the belief in, okay, I wouldn't have this idea unless I was supposed to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so how, what have been some of the philosophies for you in your life that you live by around like decision-making and decisiveness? Mm-hmm. Um, decisiveness. Ooh. Okay. Um, 
I mean, I, <laughs> there's, there's, there's only, there's only, there's a, I mean, a couple of things. I live my life by quotes for sure. Language words. Um, and what, what we say is, is one of the things that I have always very much wanted to be remembered for. Um, but the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose in life is to give it away. So constantly searching for that gift, my, like the, what keeps me going, what keeps me decisive, what makes it easy for me to make a decision and execute on it, regardless of data or no data, yes or no, like, have I been there or not? Have I ever tried this or not? doesn't really matter. Like it's constantly finding that edge. Where's your edge? Mm. Where's, where's that tipping point? Where's that? Like I'm on the precipice of. Because innovation is where everything, that is where the magic happens. That is, everybody talks about like being ultra inspired and creating some brand new technology or, you know, solving world hunger, um, curing cancer. The people who create things like that, that everybody is so inspired by, it is by living on the edge of your gut. See what's not already there. And being in relationship with like, I'm going to make this decision. And if it doesn't work, oh, let me be really clear with you. Like I have a handful of business ideas that have failed miserably. And I mean miserably, like face first, holy moly. Oh my gosh, I hope nobody saw that. Like tripping on the sidewalk with your skirt up over your head. (laughs) It is one of those things. Get used to it. Um. Who was it that uh, Elon Musk said it recently? Oh, I, someone sent this to me on Instagram and I, I literally like laughed, but couldn't help myself. Where is it? Um, Elon Musk was asked the question, what words of encouragement would you give an entrepreneur? And his answer was, if you need words of encouragement, do not become an entrepreneur. Who? Who? <laughs> How's that for thick? Yeah. Like, be, but the, it, it's the truth. It's so like, true, though, because there is this soul burning fire that it doesn't feel like. I mean, I know when I first was like, I want to do women empowerment. I want to help inspire. I want to do all these things. It rooted from from a pain that then became a purpose, just like that original quote that you shared. And it just mm-hmm. felt like, um, something else was carrying me towards it because I knew that that was like a purpose for me in life was to do and create. And I remember just being a maniac on a mission about it that I was like, I have no idea how, but it was the why, you know? And so hearing that, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Everyone needs encouragement in some ways, but I understand what he's saying. And I like that. Like his, his whole point, like the whole point behind this premise is like, not like, trust me when I tell you, we all need encouragement. We all need somebody to root for us, but if you need words of encouragement to choose to go there, let's talk about that. Like that's the gap. Everybody's like, well, tell me, I'm, tell me I'm doing a good job. Sure. No, tell me like, if you fall, I swear to you, I will bring a towel and help pick you up because Kelsey, you know this. Yeah. I, I, every time I've approached the edge, 
Because it's like there's that balance of being on the edge, but not fucking falling off the cliff. And I feel like the way that I see it is like, yeah, there's a, but there's also analogies that I believe in of like, when you take the leap, the net will appear. There's a trust process there. It will. And the net always appears. But there's been many times where I was like, you know, I, I just stuck <laughs> and stifled <laughs> and overwhelmed and in my fucking head, you know, and I think it's really important for other people to hear that, that it's, it, we it's, get it's, stuck. Yeah, it's a wave. And so it's not this becoming superhuman. It's learning how to self-process and self-regulate the emotions that are coming up. But again, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't have been able to continue to pull myself up and rise in the, the, the time span that I have without having a mentor and a coach, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. being able to have someone to hold up that mirror is everything, you know, not having anyone on your team makes it a really fucking lonely journey. It makes it so much more difficult. Well, it does. And honestly, like it's as many times as we hear it and I hear it and I don't, I don't always believe it for banana's sake. I mean, come on. People are like, you have all the answers with it within you. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Does it feel like it? Sure doesn't. <laughs> sure doesn't. <laughs> that sure doesn't feel like I know it's there. I know it's true. I can guarantee you I've I've proven that to be true over and over and over. And I have proven the fact that it never feels like that to be true as well. And sometimes it requires certain questions in order to reveal that inner mm-hmm. truth. And that's where I feel like the coach and mentor comes in because it's the questions that then create these new neural pathways of like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And that's like the that's like the sweetest moment in coaching when someone's like, oh, I never <sighs> thought about it that way. I'm like, oh, that's gold. <laughs> You're like, and run, just run with it right now. Don't don't say anything <laughs> else. I need you to just start running very fast. Oh, that's something else too. Is is that you continuously over and over asking what step are we in because I think for visionaries entrepreneurs people they see that big picture and there's a time for planning but there's a time to like get your head out of the clouds you know that's been a huge thing that I feel like I've uh that that's muscle I've one for you this last year it really has been yeah it's been a grip for you you're like okay so plan and execute Mm-hmm. So are we in the overthinking stuff? It, it, it removes that because it's like, you don't have time to overthink something if you're in the middle of doing one thing. Yep. If you're in the middle of executing, you really don't have, you don't have any time to overthink it. You just have to go and go mm-hmm. and go and trust that you're going the way you're supposed to. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what people, that's what we hire coaches for. Like our coach's job is to see 35,000 feet above you so that when there's a rock you're going to trip on, I'm not telling you that we're going to keep you from tripping on it. Like, cause we can't, mm-hmm. but sometimes that's part of the process. <laughs> yeah. Like, but when there's a rock, you're going to trip on that. There's a mattress in front of you to fall on. If you trip, I'm going to make sure you're going to land on the cloud, not on the pavement. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And <laughs> Well, because it's, it's too idealistic to think like, okay, if I trip or something, then maybe I'm not cut out for this. And I hear that a lot from different people. They're like, well, I've tried this and it didn't work. And it's like, well, how far did you go with it? And are you willing to just try something else? I mean, yes, the whole cookie analogy, but there comes a point where it's like, there's certain pivots that need to be done. And there's that trust muscle has to be developed to trust that it's going to go where it needs to go. But our job is 
to show up for a hundred percent. And that was a big fear of mine. The first time I was asked to create 90 day goals in the leadership program that you went through, which is originally how we were kind of connected. Well, that mm-hmm. was when for me, when I knew that you had gone through the same leadership course, there was instant um, sense of trust because I knew Security. that. Yeah. Cause I was like, okay, there's a certain level of emotional intelligence that she has just by knowing she's gone through this. Um, mm-hmm. And so being able to uh, kind of have that, that, and that's also interesting too, because I feel like it's a lot of your business, is it, I'm, I guess is more of a question. Is your business <laughs> growth mainly through referrals? Yes and no. Um, on the coaching and consulting side, absolutely. My consulting book has, I've, I have, I have hard marketed, sure. Like we are in a sales cycle right now. The mastermind, like my mastermind enrollment is open. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also most of my most successful clients have been brought to me by my most successful clients. <laughs> yeah. You definitely have created walking ambassadors for yourself <laughs> without trying yes. to, you know, <laughs> Definitely on accident, honestly, like, let's talk about the fact that that was on accident. Like I didn't set out to do that. That wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my intention and it wasn't in my plan, quote unquote, to create people who would refer for me. If anything, that just goes to show like the natural enrollment um, that happens when someone believes in something else and believes in someone else, because the reason why I've referred you to different people that I think would be a good fit that are, that are very passionate, that have these ideas that have the heart and the drive to build a business, but they need to learn how to scale. They need to learn how to create something that isn't driving you to the ground. I mean, sometimes it does mm-hmm. and that's part of the process, but you know, but being able to scale, like, cause I remember that was the original reason I came to you was I was like, after I'd worked with you, when you helped me do some of the tech stuff, I was like, okay, I am starting to reject one-on-one clients because I'm getting nervous about this one-for-one hour of time. I don't know how to grow and scale this business, but I have the drive, but I also was not willing to sacrifice um, my life for it, so to speak. I wasn't, I didn't want it to be, that's what I was doing all day, every day, but I still wanted to help and support women in the way that I felt called to. Um, and so, you know, tell us, cause I, I know that's a lot about what the mastermind is. Um, can you tell more, tell us more about that? Um, yeah. So I, one of the things that I have figured out and that I have learned and noticed, especially about entrepreneurs in the service-based industry, a lot when it comes to coaches and consultants, a lot in the information space, um, is that, we more or less, and if it's not done right, you're more or less creating yourself a very highly controllable job. You work for you, but you're still trading your time for money. And it's time for money and it's time for money and it's time for money. And it's not creating what we call a value-based work where things are paid for based on value instead of based on time um, and creating sustainable scalable systems that don't put you in the crossfire. I mean, like I spent two and a half years. It was right around the time that you did your first summit between then and the launch of glow. I spent two and a half years building a suite of courses and 
building a sustainable system that let them fill themselves. And I mean, I got to the point where I, w- I actually wasn't teaching them at all. I was, ha- I was doing Q and a calls. Do you have questions? I'm here to answer questions because that's the piece that you can't get from a book, but here's all of the information you need, but building that sustainable system is something that a, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Must have data for it. And most people don't know how most people don't know how to shift their mindset, their delivery process, everything about them out of trading time for money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being, I like that it's the value base. That's so cool because I even like certain clients where, you know, giving prices for things, they start calculating out the hours and it's like, you're doing yourself. It's not a huge disservice. Holy yeah. Or even coaching clients. Right. And it's like, it's a completely different mindset that like, I don't even calculate or even go there and think about it because it's the transformation is the experience. And I think that's valuable for people that are setting prices, but also valuable for people that are investing in themselves is you can't look at this tick for tack hourly thing because there's so much more involved in it. Yeah. There you, you will get nowhere. If you're, if you're counting, like I get X for Y, X for Y, X for Y. Um, I get, you know, um, I get lots of things for, you know, I get uh, two lattes for what, $14 and 12 cents. (laughs) Now, what does that latte actually provide me though? Because when I pick up two of them, that means that I have the opportunity to sit down and connect with somebody that I love or somebody that I work with, somebody that I want to spend time around. Now, if you want to look at value-based, like what could possibly come out of that conversation? I mean, I have had quick coffee dates solve massive business problems. Um, I've had them solve revenue and hiring problems. I've had them solve marketing problems. Good Lord. I've had a 35-minute coffee date fill an entire mastermind. So that $14.12 for two coffees got me what exactly? Yeah, massive ROI. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to look at like value-based, value-based work and value-based like pricing has to do with what is the return on investment? What is the big picture? Mm -hmm. And do you know how to look at that big picture where it lies? Like, what does it cause? Where are we at? Like, what is that bigger picture? Mm -hmm. So when you start doing value-based pricing in your own business, A, it frees up time, but On the other side, like it forces you to look at like, what is it that I truly need? What am I trying to solve? And where am I going with this? Because you're not just going to, you're not just going to enroll anybody. It's not about a number. It's not a numbers game anymore. It's a who game, not a what game. Yeah. Getting clear on who it's for. And I think the value yeah. in your business has everything to do with how clear you are about what problem do you solve? Who do you solve this problem for? And what is the, what value does it bring to their life by solving this problem? Mm-hmm. What are you going to change for them? Because that's the, that's, that's, that's the juice. That's the fun, juicy piece of it. What can you create by solving a problem for somebody else that they have yet to solve on their own? And I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it a hundred more. 
there's nothing that I do that you can't Google. So this is like what I, what I do, what I teach, how I teach. It's not state secrets. I got there relatively fast. It's natural for me, which means I can get you there faster, more efficiently with a lot less bruises. <laughs> but it isn't, it isn't like I'm, te- I'm, not, I'm not teaching you, you know, like the secrets of life. I'm teaching you all the things that like, you know, don't do this first, because guess what? You're going to have to go backwards and reinvent the wheel when you have to do that. Yeah. There were so many oh. different things that you were like, be, be looking out for this. And then it'd be like eight months later. And you're like, remember why I told you to do that? <laughs> oh God, the giggle. You'd be like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's true. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep. this, this, yeah, this is what we were looking at. This is what we were, this is what we were avoiding when I told you, you can't have that cookie go do this. And you did it. And then you can look back and go, dang, that would have been really painful. Yeah. And some of the things that I was like, I would not listen to or forget about. And then you're like, uh-huh. You know, especially like with videos, different things, like just as an example of like, you know, opening up videos and being like, this is the topic we're going to talk about versus hi guys, happy Monday. It's 2020. It's like, well, shit. Now I have to go back and edit that out because that's not something scalable because it's time stamped. You know, this is like a specific example. I remember laughing, but now it's ingrained into my head of like, uh, these little tiny like tips and tricks that help make things live forever. Oh yeah. Like not the, the not saying like the day or the date on your videos and oh yes, creating things that live in perpetuity. It is an amazing thing to be able to create things, especially when you know that the information isn't going to change. Like I am 100 million percent sure that there is information. Some of the information I teach It'll, it'll never change. It's always going to be exactly that, period. This is it. So why yeah. would you date it? Why would you, why, why, would you, why would you box it in? Why would you? Mm-hmm. There are little things that people stumble on that sometimes shock me. I'm not going to lie. They're a little shocking. I'm like, did, did, did you, did, you did not just do that. <laughs> nope. It's <laughs> not a good choice. But if you didn't know any, like how would, how could you have, if you wouldn't know any better? Yeah. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And getting, getting to that, like covering that. I don't know. I mean, it is as easy as asking for help. Let's, let's, let's touch that one. Oh my gosh. How long did it take me? How long did it, it took me like almost a year to start maybe, I don't know, but off and on where it's like, if it wasn't a scheduled call and I was having a breakdown with something, it took me a long time to get used to the fact that I can reach out, you know? And I think that was kind of maybe just this being the oldest child used to doing it on my own, maybe also pride of wanting to figure it out myself, but I was just letting myself sit in my (laughs) shit for longer than I needed to. Oh, you are a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful human. There are moments where we have had conversations and you have been like, well, I've been, you know, I've been doing this. I'm like, for how long? Like three or four days. I'm like, um, so is there a reason why you didn't pick up the phone and call me? <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I, I have thought very hard about making stickers that say, yes, you are supposed to call your coach right now. <laughs> just like post-it notes <laughs> yep oh that's a good idea that's actually wonderful I'm gonna have to give that to Brie when I talk to her this afternoon 
<laughs> there you go. You might just you might just see new things show up in the mastermind boxes this year. Post-it notes that say yes, call your coach. <laughs> I'm so excited for this mastermind. Oh, I'm so, I am yeah, too. I'm so excited because it's it's gonna be this like being able to meet other women that are also or men and women, you know, other people yeah. that are building a business, but also the biggest thing for me is I know that they're building their business and scaling their business, their purpose, all the things under your leadership, you know? So already it's like, there's certain values that are instilled in there that I know are going to be across the board. Well, not only that, but we've, we've curated this, like I've, I've ran another mastermind for quite some time, um, with, um, co-collaborated with another coach. And one of the things that has kept, that keeps coming up and that has come up is, like I need, I need a mastermind that fits for this audience. And we finally sat down and talked about it. Like this, you know, end of this last year, it was like, well, what are you really looking for? And I was like, it needs to fit this audience this way. And the first question I got was why I said, because this is the precipice. I said, you've got, I mean, there are some of the best masterminds in the world, genius network and war room. Like they're amazing at a certain level. Like I highly suggest them at a certain level, but there's, I have always seen a gap in the industry for masterminds with the service-based industry for entrepreneurs that are trying, trying to land, like, what does my version of scaling look like? And, you know, what does my like lasting product suite look like? And, and how do I create it effectively? How do I do this so that it can live in perpetuity and that I'm not, you know, recreating the wheel every time I turn around um, like, how do I build sustainability and still stick by my values in lowering carbon footprint and being a part of the community and being a philanthropist and doing all the other things that everybody wants to be a part of? Yeah. Like, how do I do that? And I have never, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't found anything. I haven't found anything that solved that problem. And so after a long couple of talks, more like three weeks worth <laughs> with my coach, it was like, okay, I can do this. But how do we qualify it? And so we started putting we started putting data and numbers to the game. So like we've set it up so that we have the same on types of entrepreneurs and that are doing the same types of things at the same point in scaling, you know, at the same growth moments together. So that you guys can, for lack of a better way to say it, war room out what's not working. Or yeah. what is working? Let's talk about like if you if something works, every entrepreneur that that I've ever known, when something's working, they want to tell everybody else that's doing what they do, like, go do this. It's working really well. Like sharing your best ideas, like, um, by the way, I nailed this and and this landed, you know, this landed us 50 sales calls. It's like, oh, okay, great. I can do that. I have the tools for it because we're in the same place. So mm-hmm. like, I can totally pull, I, I can do that. I'd love to have 50 sales calls. Great. Or, Hey, I did this and, and my clients like all opened up. Oh, I can do that. Cause I have the tools for it because you guys are in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything from emo- like the qualifications go everywhere from emotional intelligence all the way up to like, how big is your business? Like, have you gone through some of the basic T's and C's like, business bank accounts and like the the basics have to be done some of that stuff can be caught up and some of it can't but we really looked at like what market do we really want to serve and why are we serving them 
and how do we serve them in the best possible way? Yeah. Cause it's not serving anyone. If the person that's leading is burnout and overwhelmed and can't handle nope. the, it, 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 it burns to the ground. And I remember that so felt like true. that was the, the, the fork in the road that I, that I was out before I started working with you was like, I, and I couldn't see it. Like I, I was like, maybe a group program, maybe this, but I couldn't quite see it yet. I just knew that I was reaching a, ca- a capacity for myself personally. Um, you know, and I think that well, other things is like the, the trusting that scaling doesn't mean you're losing authenticity. It's not losing intimacy. Mm. That was a big worry or fear of mine when I first started scaling my business was if it's not me directly with them, is it going to have the same impact? And it was kind of this ego trip around control. It is about control. It's also, I mean, there is, especially, I mean, in the coaching space, yes, but in, in the self-development, self-love in the personal identity coaching space, there's, there's even, there's, it'll always feel like there's more at stake for you. And that's, it's not a fluff. It just will. You always feel like there's more at stake because it's one thing, like I coach business. It's pretty logistical. You kind of can't. And yes, there is nothing logistical about what we do. (laughs) Not in the slightest. However, there's, there's numbers, there's a basis for it. Like when you get into the personal and the self-development space as a whole, it'll always feel like there's more to risk because you're also not, you're, you're not only risking, like, are people going to trust me, but like, do people trust themselves? Yeah. And that's the kicker. Like, I, can I get you to trust me? Sure. Can I get you to trust yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's definitely been one of the biggest muscles of develop that I've developed with working with you. Cause I, you know, especially the, the big thing that I've learned, um, which I think you do such a wonderful job of marrying the go and flow, marrying that, you know, feminine positive, you know, feminine masculine energy or the grit and the gratitude thing is the, connection calls, right? How many times have I been in a funk and you're like, well, who have you been serving? Who have you been talking to? It's like, oh, well, I've talked to my private clients, but no one else. And you're just like, well, there's your issue, you know, but that took me a long time to realize how much of a catalyst that was, you know? And so you really brought in the numbers as like an example for people to hear like the data numbers wise, it's like, how many calls do you need to be on in order to get one? Yes for Glow Mastermind. And so it kind of removed this mystery of like, okay, cool. I need to have five conversations to get one enrollment. Okay. So if I want 10 enrollments, I need to have 50 conversations, you know, mm-hmm. um, and breaking that down allowed me to be in more of just the inspired action of it. But then the connection calls themselves are the most fulfilling thing ever. And I think that that's the thing that people need to hear is like, people hey, well, I miss that part. Like, Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to get on sales calls. I don't want to get on sales calls. Do you want to know how badly? Like, I, 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 I don't even know how to say it. So obviously, like, my my calendar is very, it's very well constructed. It's very controlled, and sales calls happen at specific times of the day, specific days of the week. I look forward to that. It's like getting a piece of candy out of the candy bowl. I'm like, oh, it's coming! It's coming! It's coming! coming because I get to talk to people about what they're up to it's not about whether or not 
I'm going to sell them something out of, out of a hundred sales calls, I make probably seven offers or less these days. Now out of those hundred calls, do you want to know how many of those people I will talk to more than once? About 95 of them. Do you want to know how many of those people are on my list, actively opening my emails, constantly watching, looking for, looking for places that I've been spotlighted, listening to podcasts that I'm on? Probably 90 of them. 90 out of 100. Do I make them all offers? No. Can I help them? Can I serve them? Yes. And what you don't, what people don't marry together is simply getting there, serving them. It is going to fuel you. It is going to feed your soul. It's also going to feed what needs to be built next, your creativity. Like, what are we selling? What are we building? Oh my gosh, yes. The baby pipelines. Like some, most of my low offer products, um, DIY courses, um, lead magnets, um, checklists, like game changers came from sales calls where I didn't make an offer. I didn't make an offer because it wasn't going to serve them to work with me right now. It's going to serve them for me to give them as much information as possible, point them in the right direction and tell them run, call me in 30 days, Hmm. but go run hard. That is probably the exact reason you have an army of ambassadors that will refer <laughs> you and preach because it that is such a beautiful example of showing like genuinely caring about their growth over the instant gratification of a process or a sale because it's like you're seeing that long term for them. I I will tell this story only because it is you, quite honestly. Um, when we built the um, my consulting book hit a, like a, literally an all-time high. I had a waiting list that was starting to scare me because I didn't think I could get to people fast enough to help them in time. And I panicked. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that people needed execution more than they needed anything. So all, when when too many of my plans had gone to a tech VA or a web designer and been destroyed or mauled, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, I was like, forget it. I was like, uh, we're going to do this ourselves. Like I have a background in software development and a web design and technology. Like we're going to do this ourselves. We're opening up an agency. <laughs> my mom, who always has always handled my finances books. She's done payroll. Like she, she's always been my, the lady that manages my money. She's the only person in the world that I would trust to just turn over everything to. Looked at me and goes, but you're the only one. How do you plan on sleeping? And I just started laughing. I was like, we're going to get a couple of people. So I rounded up a couple, couple of people that had some skill sets and we started the agency. And I, I struggled um, not very far into it. Like the agency's book filled up really quickly. And I was like, and I struggled because the next step would have been to hire a sales team. The next step was like, I couldn't leverage my time out continue to do sales and serve my, my private clients because there was, there literally was not enough hours in the day. And the one thing that I've never done, I've never leveraged out my private clients. Never. I've always been like, if you signed on to do something with me in a one-on-one capacity, you'll always get me. And I couldn't figure out how to teach somebody how to sell the way that I do. It's something we've been working on for a few years. 
it'll probably take me another year to put the program together. But watching how people react, how people enroll, why people follow me, why people trust the things that come out of my mouth had everything to do with how I sold, what I sold, and when I sold it. Mm-hmm. That's actually like, that's the only, that's the only um, like hard development I'm doing for the next 18 months. It that's is my it. only cookie right now. Oh, really? That's, your, that's yep. the cookie you're on. Okay. The one cookie is to teach people not how to close because I don't, don't get me confused. I don't teach sales. Like it comes naturally, but teach people how I determined where people are, what they need and what the next best choice is, even if it's not a sale or even if it is referring them to I've referred more people to another coach because it's where you need to be right now. Sure. I could coach you. Yeah, absolutely. I can probably teach you what will work for you. Is it the best choice for them though? Is it the, is it, is it giving them the opportunity to be the highest version of themselves? Teaching that in an educational setting. That's what I'm, that is what I'm building this year. That's awesome. Can you elaborate on enrollment versus sales? <laughs> oh, but don't you tell this story, Kelsey? Life is an enrollment game. I know, but I, I feel like until I was in personal development, enrollment just didn't land. And, you know, the whole, and I know for you too, you're like, sales is enrollment. Enrollment is sales, you know? But, mm-hmm. and I remember you even sharing, you're like, I love sales calls and even, you know, stuff that you've been sharing on this podcast because so many people have such a icky sticky thing because they have this, they're tied up around the money part of it, but you really approach it with just service and authenticity of what is it that they need versus what is it that I need, you know? And I know that a lot of that comes down to the eye out of it. Yeah. It it does come down to the enrollment. You got to take the eye out of it. That's the first thing you have to do. You have nothing to do with this process. You are like, um, what's the word for it? You're a beacon or a conduit. This isn't about you. And life is an enrollment game. Um, there, it's the, the, the simplest explanation is the difference between evoking and telling. Mm. I'm going to give it to you this way. If I tell Kelsey, go do this, 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 and this. You're going to get 50 calls and you're going to close 50%. You'll have 25 people and it works. I'm the hero. If I tell her that same thing and it fails, I'm the villain. (laughs) Now, if I say, Kelsey, go do this, 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 and this, you're going to get 50 calls. Here's the things you need to track. And how do you feel about this? Are you willing to, are you willing to commit? And how do you think you're going to get there? And I let her create what's possible, what outcome is possible. She'll always be the hero. And if she creates what's possible, there's almost never, I mean, there, yes, there's failure. <laughs> it's life, but there's never a villain. Yeah. That's enrollment. Enrollment is en- enrolling someone in owning who they are, owning where they're at. And when you use enrollment in sales, you're enrolling people in 
who are you and who do you want to be? You're not selling anything. The difference is, is if it's about you, it'll be about the clothes. And that, that will make, that makes, that's where companies cap out. If it's about you and it's about the clothes, sure, get the clothes. But are they going to be happy in six months? It wasn't the right choice for them. I mean, there's thousands of things you'd say. People say it all the time. Like, oh, I've been, I've been bamboozled. I bought smoke and mirrors. Yeah, because it's about the clothes. I'm really good at closing and I don't do it very often. Because I don't want to. I want to close the right people into the right things that are going to get them the right success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so individual for each person. And I think too, there's also this element in a different perspective of there is no good, bad, right or wrong in the path of growing a business. I mean, there is, but not for the internal like self beat up that would go on. I remember, I remember coming to you with certain things like, tiny little shit. Like I remember when we first started working together (laughs) that I was like, I was like, Oh my God, like I'm eating this Starbucks and you're like, Starbucks isn't bad. And I'm like, but I mean, it's not like this highest vibe, like just this level of perfectionism and standard I was holding to myself. And it was, it it was just, it kind of blew my mind. I guess looking at it now. now. (laughs) Yes. of just like the level of criticism that was there. And, you know, that even if, you know, creating a business around self-love, but it's that journey of continuously learning to love myself. And I think that there's also that line of people that are doing service-based work of you're teaching something because it's something you used to struggle with, you know, it's like, you're bringing people along for the journey of things that, you know, inside and out. That's the ticket. You just said it. I struggled immensely building a business. I struggled having to rebuild pieces of my business over and over and over and over. I struggled figuring out like, what's the next, what's the first best step? What's the next best step? There's a reason why I teach this. I teach this because this was my master and main focus for 10 years before I ever started coaching it. We teach what we struggle with. Yeah. That took me a long time to be okay with, because I think there's a part of my ego that wanted to be like, I don't struggle with that anymore, which obviously there's a lot of things I teach that I don't, but if I'm not actively practicing my own tools, I fall out of alignment with it, you know? And so it's this constant balance of, oh, I could totally feel it. And (laughs) because of the energetics of it, so do my clients, but they don't even know that it's because I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. It's just, there's an energetic transfer that happens. I mean, and mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. It's like things that are happening. Oh, we've talked about it between you and I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I've always been very dead set on like there. Yes. You need to find a balance between life and business, but my business has always been my higher focus. It's my happy place. Mm-hmm. And I, I swear every single time, every single time my personal life takes a little bit of an uptick, I guarantee you Kelsey feels it. She knows it. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's in alignment. Sometimes it's out, but it's always there. The effect, the cause and effect is immediate. Yeah. And it creates this deep level of like personal accountability of showing up for myself when no one is around. I know it's like I'm showing up the way I would want my clients to show up for themselves, 
you know, but then that's also where the embodiment comes with living the truth of what I'm teaching, which is what makes the enrollment a natural process. Because I think that's where the hangup is, right? It's like if someone's teaching something for the money, but not actually embodying it, people feel the inauthenticity. You cannot sell something that you do not execute. (laughs) The only place in the world of business that that works is like, um, you can sell mason jars. If you don't can, you can totally sell mason jars. (laughs) Talk about the benefits of a mason jar for a canner. You can sell paints to an artist if you don't paint. But if it isn't a physical product that causes something completely different, it doesn't work. It just simply doesn't. And the best person to sell art supplies is an artist. The most, the highest enrolled person to sell canning jars is a mom who makes their own baby food. That's why your ambassador programs and your um, your Brilliant. brand influencers are people who do the thing. Yeah. There's only like mm-hmm. one company, like I'm very specific about that because it's the authenticity part is huge, you know, of, of mm-hmm. and I get reached, people reach out to me all the time. You want to be an ambassador for this? You want to be an ambassador for that? It's like, no, I've never tried your product. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who you are. You don't know who I am. Like, no, you know, because I really. They see your Instagram following. <laughs> yes. That's what like, they see. What can I get out of this girl? But when there is a company that I'm like, hmm, maybe this would be in alignment. I always give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, sure, I'll hop on a call with you. Well, like, because you, you like, enroll me. <laughs> enroll me. Yep. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for enrollment. Enrollment is, it is a part of every piece, every facet of business, every, every, every viewpoint that you can see your business through, that people can see your business through has everything to do with enrollment. People always say like, put your best foot forward. Nope. I I disagree. I thoroughly disagree. Don't put your best foot forward. Like put both feet in front of you. Like stand in front of, in all of your everything glory. Like I, when I got started and um, got like, you know, a little bit of traction online, one of the things that I was known for is also one of the things that, um, you know, one of my, I, one of the people I look up to is known for like Gary V cusses constantly on his podcast. And I love that about him. It's awesome. But I was one of the female entrepreneurs that said the F word live on Facebook. Mm. And so I got feel so much hanging out with you. for it. You did? I got so much flack for it. It was like, I cannot believe that you said that. How dare you? I was like, how dare me? Why? Because I have boobs or because I have an opinion? Like, mm-hmm. want to go there? And it, and it was, it was, it was a, it was a, a the comment was taken on a, a manner of professionalism. And it was the first time that I saw, like, haters are confused admirers. But if, like, if you've got haters, you're getting somewhere. I'll tell you what, first time you've got somebody that hates what you're up to, you are definitely getting somewhere. Because if you're scratching, a, if you're scratching an itch that causes some sort of turmoil, 
you're in the right place. That's the balancing point you have to find because people don't want solutions to irritations. They want solutions to problems. They want solutions to things that hurt, not things that bother them. Mm-hmm. I might pay $5 or $10 for something that like, you know, my feet are sort of sort of sore. If I have a cramp in my leg that is keeping me from walking, you bet, you bet, I will write a blank check if you're going to fix it. Like, then fix it because I need to go. The cause and effect of the problem, solution, result in business has it's everything. It's absolutely everything. Yeah. That's good. And it's so important to be able to focus on, well, because I think that in the beginning, you know, for entrepreneurs, they started because they personally have the passion, but it's transferring that to focusing out and trusting, like being the conduit of those teachings of that problem solution outcome scenario is going to come through you with what you're teaching, but taking that time to really like, who is that ideal person? Who is that ideal client? Who is that person I want to solve? What is that problem? And I remember you drilling those questions into me, like, okay, what problem does it solve? What problem does it solve? Yep. Right. It and it's what like, it who starting is it? To, what is it? Who is it? Mm-hmm. Who's it for? Who's it for? And starting to formulate, okay, yes, you have this passionate thing that sounds so exciting, but, but why, what's it going to cause? What's it going to create? You know, I mean, that, that continuously gets brought up. Okay. What's, what's the, what's the vision there? Yep. I mean, did you, did you tell them what you did later down the line? What do you mean? I mean, when we were built, when I, when I started concepting the mastermind, what did I do? Oh yeah. You interviewed me and asked me, yeah, yeah. What do you want? Yeah, All that was the what cool. do you want questions. <laughs> and it was like, what are what yeah, what do you want? What what are you receiving that you really like and want more of? What is in the gap that you're not receiving that you would like? And you know, we don't know and we don't know what we don't know. And so until someone starts asking the questions and reflecting, I was like, wow, I would really like to meet other I remember I was like, I want to meet your other clients, especially if they're doing the same yep. things that I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I want to I want that community of people that are under the same leadership and guidance that I am. You know, and it was cool because you're like, okay, done. I was like, wait, what? Really? Okay. (laughs) The answer is always no until you ask. And that's service-based. That, that is you, that that is like the differentiating factor of the service-based leader. It's the difference between a business that is sustainable in perpetuity and a business that will either cap or will come off trend. Everybody's vision, everybody's ideas. Like your, your magic can live in infinity if you build it the right way, but it's about how you build it. It's not whether or not your magic is sustainable. Your magic is infinite. It's like time. I am a firm believer that time is an infinite thing that you have. You have as much or as little as you choose to have. Everybody asks me, well, aren't you busy? No. Do I do a lot of things? You bet. We do all sorts of stuff all the time. I feel like I'm constantly doing things, but am I busy? Absolutely not. Do I have time for things? All the time. Whenever something comes up that is worthy of my time, I have time for it. But I'm clear about what I'm looking for, what I'm creating and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. It's half the battle. Those are, those are common questions that always come up. And I think that that's what always um, 
awakened something within me from working with you is the creativity part because you would speak that language that you know I needed to hear of like, what are you creating? Okay, and what's that gonna create? So it's just like, <laughs> I just picture like birthing things into the world. It's like, okay, well, what are you creating? And what is that creation going to create? And just even that languaging allows like that inner artist in me to feel fueled. Um, it's just a different way of looking at it, you know, because sometimes I'll ask people, oh, well, what are you creating? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, shit, (laughs) we're not speaking the same language quite yet. I'm like, what are you working on? (laughs) Yep. It's, it has everything to do with like, you know, what, like, where's it going? There's always that tumbling effect. If I do this and it's going to create X, then like, what what result is that going to cause? What is this going to cause? The cause and effect, the creation and growth. That's what, that's what sustainability is built on. It's built on the domino effect. And most people just, it's not that they don't know it. Like I get, I get entrepreneurs sat down and they get started talking and they have all the answers. They just don't know what order to put them in. They're like, I don't know where to put everything. I'm like, okay, great. Like, give me all your answers. Okay, here's A, here's B, here's C, here's D. Ready, set one, ready, set two, ready, set three, ready, set four. It's about knowing what, having somebody, having somebody take a look at what you're up to from an outside perspective. It's really hard to, it's really hard to assess the picture when you're standing in the frame. Oh, I love that analogy. That was something that my current coach told me. He said, you can't, you can't assess the picture. You're standing in the frame. And I was like, oh, dang, you're right. I don't, I can't even, you can't see the bigger, the bigger, the outside, the pictorial space. You can't see the edges of everything and where it leads and where it goes if you're standing in the middle of it. So how could you possibly know where to grow or what to do or what's next if, if you're standing right smack dab in the middle of it? Mm-hmm. you find the right outside perspective that that works for you that's got you pointed in the right direction and you take feedback with grace and you execute blindly on faith and you just go because it always works yeah somebody asked me the other day well how do you know that that's going to work I'm like I don't why do you say like just it like it just it works out it just does mm-hmm. like, it's what almost do you mean? like the I'm like, fumbling leads to the answers you know by and, and I and I, that's something too like themes of like okay well what's next what's next what's next it's like there's mm-hmm. yes there's time for integration celebration for things but it's like okay what are you creating next and like maintaining that state of creation versus dwelling on what didn't work it's like okay well let's do it differently let's go again let's go again and allowing that state of creativity. Hmm. And also I love the, you know, for me, what I'm looking for in someone is I want to work with someone who is going where I want to go or is already where I want to go, right? Someone that steps ahead of me. Um, And that whole idea of busyness, like that's such a turnoff to me because I do believe as well that it's this (laughs) state of mind that it's like, you're choosing to be busy by fucking saying you're busy all the time, you know, like, and so and I remember someone being like, hey, I just wanted to reach out. I know you're a busy girl. And I remember just that would irk me. I'm like, I'm never busy for you. Like, let's talk. You I'm know? never too busy for you. Yes. That's it. That yes. is the catch. Like, don't ever assume that somebody is busy 
And if somebody says they're busy constantly, stop and think like, why do they like, Hey, yes. So it's such a story, but why do they think they're busy? And especially if it's, if it's a lead or a client, if they're saying like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Like stop and think about that. Like, why do they feel busy? The gap is, is not just the story. The gaps, like if you think you're busy all the time and this is how you're feeling, what, what part of, what part of you, what part of this, what part of what you're creating is causing almost like a hiccup. It's like when a record skips, that is what busy is. Busy is when the record skips. And it's such an interesting concept to watch that record skip because people don't, they don't hear it. They're like, well, I'm just busy. No, you really aren't. But like, what's, what's the hiccup? Where's the hiccup? And if you can, if you can show someone the hiccup, that record will never skip again. Mm -hmm. It just won't. Yeah. It is that simple. What I notice for myself is the times, and it's funny, the more and more I've done the studies around <laughs> procrastination, because you know, that's kind of been like a part of my, my business niche is around procrastination is that's a form is the overbooker because it's, it's allowing avoidance of what really matters by fulfilling that need of like, Oh, yep. I can't do it. Of course, because I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. And I remember in the early mm-hmm. stages of my business being like, I'm just so overwhelmed. And you're like, okay, spell it out to me. What's exactly on your plate. And like even breaking down, well, how long do you think that'll take? And then it's like adding up the hours and, and really looking at, is this realistic for today? What's a priority? What needs to be moved around and how much of the busyness was self-created because there's a mm-hmm. lack of priorities around the things on my plate. What was, Oh, Something we need, you and I need to shoot a video on this. Um, but my philosophy, one of my philosophy professors in my undergrad was the one who taught me the concept of time. Of course, lo and behold, I'm sitting in, in a philosophy 102. <laughs> like it's a reality and knowledge class. And he, one of the first things that he did, I, I will dig up, I will get the boxes out of the garage, but I will dig up that notebook because he broke down in basic math the concept of time and being busy. We totally have to shoot a video on this. That would be amazing. Yeah. Because that's what, I mean, that's the basis of how I teach all that. I'm like, okay, but do you really have time? Like you always have time for things. Are you willing to give that time? Are you willing to, are you willing to allow that to be the thing that captures your time? That is a good question but do you have the time? Always. I always have time for things. I don't always give my time to things. Absolutely not. But I always have time for it. Yeah. That's a powerful distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a, there's mind, there's a shift that happens that I've had to catch myself with of being like, the fear of running out of time. And it is a mm-hmm. significant turning of perspectives, turning the page of, wait a minute, where's that coming from? The fear of not having time, the fear of being behind, the fear of like, I'm running out of time. And I remember there's multiple times where I'm like, I'm just worried about this. And you're like, okay, let's renegotiate it, right? These commitments that I'm making with myself are not permanent Mm -hmm. forever. Yes, 
commitments and we get to have them treat them with respect and seriousness, but what needs to be renegotiated? Like nothing's do or die, you know, of like, but even just shifting of like, no, time is infinite. There's enough time for everything that matters. That in and of itself is, oh, it's huge. It changes everything. Exactly. But it's about how you, it's, uh, how do I want to say this? Doing is one thing. Seeing it, that's that's where it starts. It starts with what you see. What you choose to do with that is, a, for the most part, quite honestly, of no consequence. But seeing it, being able to stop and see that that concept, to see it play out, that's where the magic starts. Is seeing it in play. I watched you do it. Oh, let's see. During the second round of glow, the launch of the second round of glow. <laughs> I watched you play it out like time, 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 time. I, I want to be here. And, and you were traveling and um, you had really like taken off on the digital nomad thing. And you had people to kind of grasping at you because you, you really do do that. You, you do the digital nomad thing with such grace and such tenacity. Like people, you make people want it so bad. It's so easy because it comes naturally to you. Well, that in the same time, like you had redesigned part of the program. We had looked at a lot of the data and it was like, everything was like there. And I watched you struggle for a handful of moments around that concept of time before you put your foot down and you were like, okay, like, these are actually the only few things that need to be done. And I'm going to do A, B, and C, and then D, E, and F. And then mm-hmm. we're done. And I was like, and, and you kind of paused and you looked at me, you're like, right? And I was like, well, are you right? You're like, yeah, no, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, then let's go. Because you, <laughs> do you, you knew the answer. Yeah. Do you remember how I, did, <laughs> I didn't know what to do with all the space I created? where I got what I oh wanted with goodness. the spaciousness. And I was like, I don't know what to do with myself because I have so much time. And because I was, it was that, uh, flexing that new muscle of trusting that what I've already built and created is supporting them in the time frame that it's meant to. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do with the space. Do you remember that? Oh my, you were like, um, I, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm like, you are so enough. This is, this is, this is so nice. You have been in hard work mode for so long. Like, how do you not see that this is what comes of that? <clears throat> yeah, that was a big, it was. like it was you seeing like, this is actually, this is what I created all of this for. Mm-hmm. And not feeling guilty about it because I was, it was the, it was a new paradigm of enjoying what was built and it being played out and, and shifting mm-hmm. out of the building stage of just enjoying and being able to show up for my calls, but trusting that all the videos, all the emails, they've already been created. So the, just letting them run their course and like being it's like, Oh, already there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, but the bill <laughs> that can't be skipped. Moment. No, you had to do the hard work. I mean, it took, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. It took us nine months of Recording videos every Monday, but grueling work. You did, you worked hard, really hard for nine months. 
to get the baseline down. And then you went into a sales cycle and then you had to sell it. And then you worked really hard to create all of the, like all the controlling, all the supporting documents during that first round. And then the second round came, we redesigned some stuff. We looked at the data, we, we made some changes and it was awesome. And then all of a sudden what had happened the previous, the previous round, like you didn't, we didn't have that work to be done. That work had been done already. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing. Everybody is like, I want freedom in my time. Okay, if you want freedom in your time, it that is not a magic pill. You will not get it overnight. <laughs> you won't. But it is so worth it. Oh, it's so worth it. When it happens, it's so worth it. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And now it's like, now that it's built, it's being able to tend to the community aspect, the community growth, because each round of glow, it's just so cool because the, the message is delivered of how to show up on the Facebook group that you can continuously share things that are wins or struggles or whatever else. And it's interesting of like how many times you need to say something before it lands and like Mm -hmm. being very unattached to that process, but committed to what you're wanting it to create. Um, that's been a really cool thing to watch. And like, I remember it was the third round and you were like, Kelsey, like you're doing it. The community it's done. Like look at what they're doing. The community's taken off where they had a whole group message chat that was popping every day because they were in community with each other. And I remember it was just like this moment of like, I remember I started crying. I'm like, Oh my God, this is everything I wanted. It took, you know, but it took three rounds before that was established, you know, because it's, it's the gradual build. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's, you have to test and tune everything. People think like, I'm going to build it and it's going to be great. And then I'm done. Yeah. Nice try. (laughs) It will be successful. Sure. It will be worth it. Absolutely. It will not be done. It will be ready for review. Mm, Yeah. And then you review and you dig in what worked and what didn't like, if I could give entrepreneurs moms with struggling with their kids being at home going to school now like anybody who is struggling with something anywhere in their life like always remember that like you try something you're like okay this is what you decide what you're going to do and you put it into action and then be be open and willing to take a look at this is what worked and this is what might not have. And then just shift, adjust based on the information that you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. And not taking it personal. <laughs> oh, it has nothing to do with you. There are so many things. I've launched programs in the last five years. The concept was great. The message was great. The information was perfect. It did not work. And I mean, just flat out didn't work. And I've been sitting there going, how the data matches. And sometimes it just isn't there. It's nothing to do with me or how great I am or how, you know, like how effective I am as a, as a teacher or coach. It has everything to do with it, not fitting into where, where the world is right now. Mm -hmm. There's a piece that I can't see. And I have to be, I have to be willing to simply see that. Yeah. So for the mastermind that's coming up, 
you know, who is this person for, like for the step that they're in, the stage that they're in right now, that this would be something that would be for them, you know, like how, how would you describe that person? If for someone listening, maybe they would be, you know, I mean, I know you. it's for me, you know, it's for people that are like me, heart-based well, I mean, entrepreneur that is, I mean, people who are you know, impact driven and change makers. Yes. But if you like, let's talk about who this is not for. Okay. If you are thinking about starting a business, like, yes, I would love to chat with you. I would love to help set you on the right trajectory. Um, I would love to give you any advice that you might need. Um, But the mastermind is not for somebody who's starting something. I do have a couple of clients that are in there that are starting their second, third, or fourth company or starting a second, third, or fourth vertical um, where they are, yes, they're in concept, but they've already proven niche concept. So a lot about this is like like proving process. Like if you are already serving an audience and you're loving what you do, you're getting results, like it is for somebody like that. You do not necessarily have to be at a specific revenue level I've, I've decided that revenue does not dictate growth. Your percentage of growth will dictate whether or not you are in this, but it doesn't matter how much money you're making. It matters how consistent you are. Like, are you still trying to figure out how to, you know, keep a full book of clients or not? Um, are you, if you're, if you're struggling, like severely struggling with, like, if you have the perfect person in front of you, that is an exact fit and you're struggling with closing. Um, you could be in this, but you will need a sales coach as well, because that's the piece that I don't teach. Like I don't teach how to do consistently do sales. I teach how to, how to make it sustainable, how to make it not make you crazy, but I don't teach the close. Not, not, not in its whole. I'm not, I'm not good at that. <laughs> you figure it out. It's just simply not. Um, but it, it's it's for the entrepreneur who's got a grips on their business and is loving what they're doing. But you might feel like you're hitting a ceiling or you may be right about that time where you're like, I, you know, it's it's not that you're bored with it, but you're like, well, what now? Like, what should I do now? It is for the entrepreneur who is looking for community, but not looking for a gab fest. Um, what you will find is I do not promote that. I don't allow it in the mastermind either. Um, we don't do Facebook groups and such because it is a distraction. Um, I actually have everybody in a Slack channel. Um, it is about somebody who is willing to bring all of your dirty laundry to the table. If it isn't working and you're not willing to talk about it, you do not need to be here. Mm. that is there there's some work that we need to get done for you and i and again if you want to talk i am more than happy to talk to you i'm more than happy to point you in the right direction so that we can get you where you need to be but if you're not willing to air your dirty laundry you cannot be here you have to be able to show what's not working because if something's not working the only way to solve it is to focus on it solve it like actually solve the problem (laughs) You don't get to avoid the problem. We don't avoid anything inside of this mastermind. But if you're looking for community, if you're looking for people who are building a business 
the same way she is. Honestly, there's a reason why Kelsey is as successful as she is. It's because of how she's doing things. Like obviously her content makes her epically successful. Her natural niche on Instagram makes her epically accessible. And her podcast has grown on its own organically. And we, we really haven't ever marketed this, have we? No. And I have been very, very clear with myself since I started it, that this gets to be like a hundred percent me for, yes. Where it's like, this is the place I remember setting it up being like explicit box check. Cause I'm not holding back. Like I, you know, I think, I think cussing brings so much flavor to language, um, <laughs> right? you know, it's those little things like that, that I never set strict goals or, or tried to demand rent from it to pay, you know, like I didn't. And so I think that is why it's grown. And especially over these past couple of months, it's been so much growth because now people are starting to share it. People are reaching out and they're all fine. And a lot of it's coming through Spotify, which has been really cool. Um, I love it. Their new algorithms are great. <laughs> yeah, they really um, are. But it is, if you're, if you're wanting to build a business that creates these kinds of results, yeah, the mastermind's absolutely for you. Amazing. Well, cool. Well, if one of you guys are listening, you're going to be in the mastermind. I'll see you in there, girl or guy. (laughs) I'll see you in there. Uh, Thank you so much, Heather, for just sharing um, everything that you've gone over today, especially around time and around that heart-centered business and the way that you really are leading and serving for other people. I know I can say for myself personally, it has been life-changing. It's allowed me Mm -hmm. to be able to travel. It's allowed me to have the impact that I want to have in the world without being a martyr about it, not killing myself in the process, but learning how to really work, work smart with, with my time and with, uh, what I'm building. And so, um, I'm very grateful to have you on the show today. Well, I am very grateful to be here. I am grateful. I am grateful to know you. You have been not only an amazing client who sticks to her word and commits un undaringly just just goes for it every single time but you are a dear friend and a huge inspiration in how I have chosen to grow my company over the last few years oh that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) uh thank you so much I love you so much and you guys um there'll be links in the show notes if the mastermind is calling to you and you want to check it out you want to schedule a call with her that is available and accessible um, and you know, if, if the idea of it freaks you out, even more, more of a reason to click that link and go for it. Yep. <sighs> that's exactly true. Do what scares you the most. Yeah. Do you have any final words or anything that you'd like to share before we end the episode? You know, um, if the world is calling to you, do yourself, do yourself a favor and just once, just once answer. You never know what's going to come of it. Be surprised at, at the that one that one time where you go out on a limb and you answer. It that's what creates all the difference. Mm, I love it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast, and thank you Heather Stafford for being our guest today. This was awesome. You're so welcome. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me. If you know someone that's been building their business um, or just maybe they're not building a business, but there's elements of this episode that really stood out to you and you know someone that needs to hear it, go ahead and click share, send it to a friend. Um, and you know, if you reach out with Heather, uh, I'm... Uh, 
I'm excited to meet you and be a part of the mastermind with you. Um, So I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You podcast, and I will see you on the next episode. 